0: Welcome to Nudia's Mastermind. This podcast is a place where success and fulfillment meets. A space where I invite guests from all walks of life who have succeeded at a high level in a specific area. A space where we will share their champion stories, including the wins and the highs, but also the lows and the challenges, yet how their passion and consistency inspire them to keep pushing forward and creating major breakthroughs in their lives. Also sharing our why, sharing what fulfills us, Because what's life about without enjoying the journey? Please subscribe, share, and rate us. My intention for all of our listeners is to be inspired into taking action to live the life that you truly desire. I am so excited today to be here with my friend, Gloria Castellanos. Yes. It's a pleasure. I called her the other day and I'm like, Gloria. I want you to be my first woman on the podcast. (laughs) I was like, geez, girl, that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) And here we are in her beautiful
1: office and
0: she looks gorgeous
1: as always. Thank you, babe. Thank you so much for having me. And it's an honor to be a part of this uh, with you. And first of all, I just want to thank you and honor you for doing this and, and following your dreams on reaching people and empowering people and loving others because um, I know we haven't gotten a chance to interact very much, but the little that I know about you is so grand and, and big, and I just love your vision and I love what you do for others. So thank you for having me and being, having me be a part of this.
0: Thank you so, so. much. That means the world. Um, so, uh, Gloria, I met her just a few months ago and I, um, you know, I saw this, amazing latina woman um that was just killing it in real estate here in the beverly hills area and i just thought it just made me so proud of you you know like not even really knowing you but i love watching people succeed and i love watching my people you know strike to high levels and i you know just it just made me so proud and um i knew that there would be an interesting story uh through I would love to start with that. Like, why don't you go ahead and just share a piece of your story? And I'm sure that we could go be here for hours, right. you know, <laughs> but um, anything that you'd love to share with
1: us, we would love to hear. So um, yes, I mean, thank you for that. And I, people see me here in Beverly Hills and I work for one of the most amazing companies that I am so proud to be a part of uh in beverly hills but i didn't start at the top i didn't start in beverly hills Uh, my career um, actually started from the bottom being a telemarketer and um, um, and my career really took off in the lending side so i was a lender for a little bit over uh, six years and uh but i started from the bottom i started being a telemarketer then i became an assistant
0: which if for people that haven't been in telemarketing i mean that is brutal. Hard core sales that is yes. that is to me real sales i did it for a couple of years so i can relate and, and and you know but how much it has served you through your career i am sure um but it is brutal it <laughs>
1: like the fact that it didn't scare me away it's a miracle just by by that alone to be honest with you uh but uh so is a mentor of mine at the time had put it in my planted the seed in my heart that you know i was like you know what, gloria you would be good in real estate you need to stop doing what you're doing um uh, and before real estate i know you do not ask me this but i mean it's a whole another world so um I was born here in LA. However, I was raised in TJ and I um, came to LA when I was 12 years old. Live with my grandma and long story short, I've been on my own since I was 15 years old. So oh, wow. I was quickly thrusted in through, into survivalship, into entrepreneurship since a very, very young age. I mean, I look at 15 year old gr- little girls nowadays and I'm just like, god how did i make it through um so wow i literally had to like quit high school i had to take home studies i had to work like three to four jobs and um uh, became an entrepreneur basically overnight just hustling to survive um, So here's, real estate came after <laughs> here's this
0: um You're in your youth, you know, most 15, 16 year olds, that is not the responsibility that they have of figuring out a way to live and survive. And here you are just with your grandma's support, right? Yeah. And having to really take care of yourself, which no 15 or 16 year old for the most part is having to do like that in itself
1: is just not a normal life. And to be honest with you, I don't see it any other way. I don't, I did not know what normal was. I used to literally sometimes go home crying and be at home crying and be like, I would love to be a normal 15, 16 year old. Like, you know, and, um, but no, I had to do whatever it took to survive at that point. And so what I started doing then, um, I had my first business when I was 16. I had my first little business card when I was 16. Um, what but, was it? I'm <laughs> curious. So, <laughs> I, I, man, I did many things, but what really was my kind of like focus and like my little hustle at the time was I used to throw backyard parties and I used to charge $3 an entrance because I mean, think about it. That's I was really—I was 16 years old. I didn't have any curfew. I didn't have you know, parents looking after me. <clears throat> so I was like, okay, how do I monetize where I am, what I'm doing? Because uh, I knew all of these 16-year-olds. And you knew your audience. Party, I knew my yes. audience. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I, at this time back then, I was running a room. Uh, from this single mom and uh, she had two sons and she would work at night so I would have the parties at night and uh, uh, anyway long story short and clean everything up before she (laughs) she knew she she got her percentage Uh, but uh, that's how (laughs) my you know my hustle started at that point and um, I just always been very blessed to have really good people come into my life and um, during that season in my life, I, I m- met this businessman that was very big in the mortgage business and, um, and okay, so from doing backyard parties, I went into doing nightclubs, uh, I went into doing my own events, I went into doing concerts um, before real estate. So concerts, like big concerts, like, you know, some of the big celebrities that I brought back then was Celia Cruz, Mencochita, Oscar de Leon. Oh my Uh, gosh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, a little firm. I have no idea. You get cooler and cooler by the minute. So that's that's a little backstory before my real estate um, career started. And that was a very difficult industry, very male dominated and uh, you know, so it was very hard. And um, during the time I had this businessman mentor and he would tell me, you know, over and over again, he's just kept on planting the seed and, and my heart saying, you know what, Gloria, people love you. People are gravitated towards you. You bring in all these crowds. Uh, why don't you get into real estate? You know, And he was in mortgage at the time and, he said, "If you get if you get your license, you know, or you want to start the business, I'll help you." Blah 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 blah. So anyway, he planted the seed, and that's how it all kind of just started. Uh, one day that I just had, I just had it, you know. After failure after failure in the promoting world, and um, uh, you know, being like I said, being a woman it was very tough. Uh, collecting sometimes they wouldn't pay you because what am I going to do? What are you going to do? You know. Oh my, oh my gosh guys. so it was it was a whole different um it's like real hustle it was a hustle yeah and uh and in, in the meantime i was doing other things so i decided you know what let me give real estate a chance and uh i picked up the newspaper one time and i just saw that somebody was hiring for a telemarketing. And I went for a job interview, a job interview, and I took it and I thought that was real estate. <laughs> I was <just> like... <laughs> Which I mean it's kind of I mean, it is like I I mean Just, um, <laughs> just last year was my 19th, 19th year in the business. So this is like 19 years ago, right? Oh wow. So there was just no resources or tools like there is today or background checks. Right. So, um, I mean, it started it all start from there. And one thing, just what, led to what me kind another. of leads were
0: you calling for all of our real estate friends too? I mean, phone book or
1: what were you calling? Honestly, I don't even remember. I try not to even remember that episode <laughs> of the business. You got blocked it out of your life. You <laughs> blocked it out of my memory. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was just like a cold call. It like was brutal. Yeah, hardcore. Wow. Um, and then I became an assistant to a top agent. And then I, I got introduced to this man that ended up being my mentor for almost seven years and beyond. He's, he's still, to this day, a friend of mine. Um, and he was a lender, he was a broker. He had his own firm, a small uh, boutique uh, lending firm. And he gave me a chance. I became his assistant, and then from being an assistant, he pushed me to being a loan processor, and then he pushed me to being a loan uh, loan officer, and uh, and just kind of just took off from there. So I'm very grateful for him to uh, had given me the opportunity, and I remember when I interviewed with him, uh, he asked me, okay, how do you picture yourself, Gloria? Who is Gloria 10 years from now? And like, these are the type mm, of questions that, you know, he would he would instill in me and, and he would um, ask me and just make me curious and really push me to grow. So um, I'm very grateful for, the, for him. And, um, and I think people that, that do that in our lives are very important um, because they nurture our future, right?
0: It only takes one person to really believe in you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they believe in you more than you believe in yourself at the time. Absolutely. And it, wow, like it just changes your life. Cause I've had people like that in my life too. And I'm like, you were literally like an angel to me, you know, Absolutely. um, from him, just asking you the right questions for you to dream bigger, envision lo- your life, you know, much more than like, what's and what's it, what's next for me? You know, it was like yeah. further and further. I, they're just like, um, yeah, I some
1: mentors are just angels, you know? He would literally come and say, I want you to listen to this stack of CDs, and back then it was all CDs. He was just like book and CDs, he was like, you need to listen to this, you need to read this book, you need to read that. Like he really, you know, took the time to believe in me and just really um, uh, mentored me. And I would stay after hours when he would have appointments, and I would like sit in the opposite office and just listen to his conversations. and you know, that's how I would learn. I mean, nowadays there's so many tools there's seminars and coaches and this and that. Um, Back then it was like, you figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you figure it out from the bottom. Wow. That's so impressive. Yeah.
0: And how cool that you still have this
1: relationship with him. I think that's beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, I I honor him and I mean, he knows and hopefully he gets a chance to listen to this and know that I'm very grateful for for him, because large, a big portion of who I am today is thanks, thanks to uh, all the tough love that he gave me. <laughs> yeah, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: thanks for sharing that. Of course, I, you know, a, a big part of you that I've seen, you know, even through social media or just some of the ways I get to follow you. Um, I've noticed that you're really about giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I really wanted to create this podcast to help inspire other people to uh put fulfillment before anything else because you can have all the success in the world and be super unhappy. And I know that um, you know, a lot of times people that I see have joy in their lives somehow are also giving back to the community or helping other people and that just really brings that love and joy. And so I really noticed that in you that you spend a lot of your time in giving back and I know that you have a nonprofit foundation called Sunshine Alegria Outreach. Yes. And so I would love for you to share with us you know what that's all about and maybe even how we can get involved because I, I just think it's its amazing. So, so tell us about, about this nonprofit.
1: Well, um, my father is a former pastor, so I'm a pastor's child, um, known as a PK kid. It doesn't mean anything, (laughs) because we all have issues. (laughs) Um, And uh, so I grew up in the church, and I grew up uh, giving, and I grew up around um, uh, just, seeing my father just be so available and giving to the community and to others. And so my heart has always been to give to others. And um, uh, however, it wasn't really until I got older that I said, you know, I'm gonna formally make this uh, something that is gonna be more consistent. And um, so that's how Sunshine Alegria came about uh, back in 2006. And really it just started with my family and I, my brothers and some friends. And uh, we would just like pack up a truck and, you know, and load it up with stuff and go over to TJ. And I I go to TJ and I started there because this this is where I grew up. This is where I was from. And this is where my heart uh, is. And this is where me as a child back then, and I I want to be that person to that little Gloria, right?
0: Yeah. So
1: um, uh, that's how that started and to this day it's still not as big as i would have loved loved it for it to be um because life is busy you know i have other things going on and stuff but um so we do that it went from being every quarter to being more of an annual thing that i do uh towards the end of the year and um i as soon as i either post about it or i share it you know so many people want to be a part of it and And um, uh, so it's not something very much that I announce too much to the world, uh, just because I know that it could be big in a minute, right, instantly, and I would love it for it to be uh, that big eventually, but um, uh, yeah, that's I really just go to churches or orphanages or communities. Um, I mean, literally last year, we just went into the red light district and in the trucks, we were just, uh, we parked and we started saying toys, knocking on the doors, literally within minutes, just kids oh out of the neighborhood. Um, I started coming out and giving toys away. I mean, it, it was just. I can't explain it as something that you have to experience and be there. And, um, and I always try to give some words of motivation or inspiration, or, um, even a prayer or whatever it may be at the moment, if it's appropriate. Uh, but that's really just what we do. And I just try to inspire these children and let them know that they're loved and that they're not alone. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm sure that, um,
0: during some of those moments, it's definitely, you know, brought overwhelm to you and emotion um, from seeing these kids that don't have parents, you know, from like an orphanage or, and here they are and they're so excited that you're giving them like a used toy or a a used something, you know, and, and just how different life is you know in different places of the of the planet and in different neighborhoods even in the same city um just that joy you know of of fulfillment yeah. Uh, and people just choosing to be happy for something that is yes. like you,
1: you go into these neighborhoods they don't have ac they don't have flooring in some of these houses i mean it just it, Fills you with so much love and and just reminds you and reminds me time and time again that um, uh, like there's more to life than just material things and working hard and uh, you know there's somebody out there just enjoying their life uh, with the little that they have. So and I find definitely grounds you right like Like it always grounds you grounds me. You know, but me to see just to be able to give to somebody in any form, whether it's a gift or even a smile sometimes, even a hug sometimes. Sometimes you don't have to give words to anybody. You just, you know, give them a hug, give them a smile, is uh, just giving the best of you, right? And I mean, the life that I've had has uh, taught me a lot and has given me a lot of, uh, uh, has given me eyes of compassion. You know, that's the best way I can say it. You know, I see uh, when somebody's struggling or somebody is sharing a story or anything intimate with me, I feel it. I feel their pain, I feel their sorrow, I feel their whatever they're, I try to see their life through their eyes to be able to be there for them and meet them at, uh, where they're at, you know, rather than judging them or ignoring them or whatever, you know, so we all need love,
0: right? We all want to be loved. You know, there's a quote, and I don't remember exactly who said it, but it, it says, if, if you judge somebody, you can't love them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so the moment that you choose to judge that person or the situation, you completely block the love that you can give. Right. And, you know, I, I love that you have that empathy, Um, for people just to see them through your optics of because you've been from the bottom you know you've experienced all the hardships and a lot of things so um, what a beautiful heart you have thank you love thank you thank you for sharing that and so I know that you know it seems like you're you could take this big, and once you're ready, we're all here to support you, girl Yes. Um, and then meanwhile, I mean, I think that it's such an inspiring uh, motivating way to just tell people like you guys can go do this too, you know, like you don't <laughs> need
1: very much, I mean literally like just between me and my my friends, just by a matter of a text, a group text and some emails, and a friend of mine's a friend and um i keep it limited just because of my capacity uh but um eventually hopefully that can change but literally you know it'll be like 30 50 of us wow. and um you know the most that uh um i've had in one location has been uh 300 kids and wow. um uh, i've gotten over 500 toys and we've given them all away uh, so it's That's just, amazing yeah so Making we'll be there in March
0: so. oh great oh my, so okay so if they if somebody does want to somehow support you or help in any way even if it was uh, with money or donations uh, or the actual items is there a way that they can uh, connect with you if they were wanting to help in some way
1: Absolutely, uh, we have a Facebook uh, page for Sunshine Alegría Outreach, we have an Instagram page for Sunshine Alegría Outreach. And
0: and, uh, and is that Outreach. the name of it, is that the handle on Instagram?
1: Yeah. Sunshine Alegría Outreach. Mm-hmm.
0: Perfect, so guys, if this is of interest to you or if you are just wanting to get inspired, please go to the Instagram app, Page, or you can go to the Facebook page as well, and um, you can help out in whatever way you can. That's so beautiful. Thank you for Thank you. being uh, more love to this, you know, just to humanity. I think it's wonderful. Thanks. So now I want to get into your success, and I know that you shared a little piece of it throughout your story at the beginning. Um, but tell me a little more, tell us a little more about your success in real estate and where you're at now. Because we've heard a lot about the beginning, but yeah. where are you at now and where do
1: you want to be? That was the first seven years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's 19, you in said, right? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Jeez. Well, uh, so after I was a lender, um, I, it was 2008. into being I became an REO agent representing banks and corporate clients hedge funds um basically kind of it all happened so fast and happened all overnight I mean being a lender I was getting phone calls of like what the what's a short sale what's an REO I had no idea uh what that was and uh Uh, One of my best friends at the time was uh, uh, working for um, a large button bank corporation. So she was uh, my first resource. And uh, at the time I um, went to her and I joined forces with another agent um, in the Valley. And this is when I moved to the Valley because uh, I was in West Covina before that's where okay my career started and I was there for the first seven years uh, so I partnered up with this agent in the valley and we started traveling throughout the country uh, r- right where the market was just super shaky and um, which is
0: impressive that you've got those REO accounts because those aren't very easy to get. No. no. Um, they're very difficult um, to get. And you know, for those of us who were in the business back then and watched the market crash, and we can all relate to this. And for my friends who are not in real estate, an REO account is really just you know um, bank accounts. So and lend- lending companies' accounts, where they the house went into default and now they're needing to either sell it or uh, short sell it Um, so just to give you guys a little bit of understanding of how that works but those accounts through these asset management companies are not simple to get Um, so you know I know you'll get there but I just want to acknowledge that because that's super badass (laughs) <laughs> yeah well we didn't know at the time i mean
1: we just kind of were like let's give it a try um so i ended up meeting uh this agent through you know closing a transaction i was representing the buyer he was representing the seller and, and we were just brainstorming with each other just kind of like freaking out together like oh my god where is this going blah blah blah, blah it's that, and you know we just you know put our, our minds together our resources together and um and started pursuing these accounts right and we were told at the beginning that listen you're wasting your time you're too late in the game only the the people that have been on the last um default round are are the ones getting all the assets and we're like well you know we don't know any better. We're gonna keep trying, you know, we're gonna keep trying. So I mean, literally, we would travel to locations and we would have a confirmed appointment. In a calendar confirmed by the asset manager or the director and we would show up be at their lobby in like Denver and, um, and they weren't there. So these are like, so think about it as, instead of door knocking homes, we were door knocking banks. We were door knocking corporations. We were showing up to their lobby and just whatever it took until they saw us, right? And uh, so that was my transition, like literally um, into the real estate world um, coming from the lending side. Uh, back in 2008. And then when we got our first account, we got our first asset and it was a tiny little condo. Um, and then he was like, listen, I, I think this is it. You need to move here. You know, you need to move out here because I think this is it. And I was (laughs) like, shoot. All right. Okay. So literally I just closed shop where I was at and just moved out to, out, this way. Wow. Um, You know, that's how fast it happened. And long story short from getting one uh, asset, mind you, it took us uh, almost a year to get our first account uh, without making a penny. And we both left everything else that we were doing uh, to pursue this uh, new field. Um, And um, so. From one day to another, one asset became 10 assets. 10 assets became 50 and 100. And, you know, next thing you know, we're managing over 300, 400 assets at a time. And uh, our best year, we sold almost 300 homes. Wow. Um, yeah. Great I, risk. Obviously, you literally risked it all. I did. And it was just him and I. And then it ended up becoming a team of 17. Um, and, uh but it was a very rough, it was a very rough, rough uh, period of of the business that I was uh, basically awakened to. Uh, I mean, you had no life, you know, you were at the mercy of the banks and, you know, the task, I mean, you know how that was, right? Is, um, so it was a very, uh, grinding if you will to a whole another level literally sometimes at the beginning this is the beginning of the recession so we didn't know what the heck we were going to face this is where people were killing themselves and you know you start hearing all these things in the news do you remember that oh yeah it was awful uh, so people losing their whole life savings
0: people using all their assets people losing their lives yeah it was it was, it was terrible so this is my first experience of the real estate side oh my gosh <laughs> And if you, I mean, that's why you were able to succeed regardless, like if you were able to succeed in that time, like, you know, it, it was rough. Yes.
1: Um, and you
0: experienced that at a whole different level too.
1: Overall, uh, very stretching. I grew so much out of that. I learned so much. I met so many amazing people. Uh, I mean, my whole, I, I just expanded to a whole another level uh, from learning to to delegate, to build the team, to speak to uh, CEOs, to speak to banks, speak to corporate clients, to have those discussions, to create these, learn how to make these reports, to be able to communicate with these type of people and- uh, Negotiate. Negotiate, yes, absolutely. And then uh, one of the things that made us very successful was my experience on the lending side. You know, because I was able to, uh, if you're if you're able to close, get, some, get close the deals for the banks immediately and not let them fall out, as you would be graded. It was kind of like a scorecard in a way, right? So they would grade you on these kind of things, and um, uh, this is how we would keep on getting more inventory, more oh, wow. assets, and uh, so one 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 just built on another, and uh, so. But uh, uh, needless to say, right after that, uh, I was so burnt out that I practically quit the business. Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I laughed because I don't blame you. Like, it was so brutal, you guys. Um, And you can all relate with the pain for those of you who are still in the business that were in it back then. so you quit you quit what did you do i
1: was so burned out I, I i honestly i at first i had no freaking idea what the heck i was going to get into but all i knew i never wanted to sell a house ever again in my life <laughs> that's all i knew for sure i didn't want to do an open house ever again in my life i uh so i kind of took like not really a break but i mean i still was doing real estate stuff and I went into doing flipping some homes and doing some rehabs of some homes. I mean, I had some amazing connections. I was buying properties that, you know, very cheap at the courthouses and, uh, you know, partnered up with different uh, friends, investors, et cetera. And uh, uh, then I tried doing some commercial, and you know, but I was just like Bored at the same time in a way because I was just so used to like the crazy grind. I mean, I'm telling you You probably I, felt unproductive I'm productive like, although I was being I, Yeah, like, I you're probably being like, more productive than most people but <laughs> I mean from being at the office sometime to like one two in the morning and being back at wow. the office at eight in the morning It was just like like I was on vacation. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. You're like eight hours. Oh my gosh. Like, what am I doing? I'm at the four seasons now so um, it, it so that was I I did that I I stopped you know we split part we split up we got done with that and started just venturing off into these other things and um, and one day I opened up the newspaper and I was like there was a house in Bel Air uh, that was being advertised for over 117 million or something like that, um, 109 or so, uh, It was over a hundred million dollars. Wow. And um, uh, I was like, what? Somebody is selling a house for over a hundred million dollars? You gotta be kidding me. And this is in my backyard. <laughs> I should be doing that. <laughs> Yeah. Kid you not. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? Really? Somebody selling. And um, that was like, I'm going back to selling houses, (laughs) (laughs) but I ain't going to be selling Rios. I'm going to go after the luxury. And that was just the turning point for me. And that's when I joined the agency. That was in 2015. Um, I remember meeting with my coach and he's like, so, you want to sell luxury, huh? I have <laughs> <and laughs> the money. The money is awesome. <laughs> and I remember just like sitting across the table from him and I'm like, yes. Why not? Why not me? Oh, and and it's so good. And with that, he didn't say a word. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, first thing you need to do is you need to joining the agency. So um, uh, that was that. was that. that was the beginning of my journey. On, I and love I so
0: much that you literally opened up the newspaper. You saw this over $100 million house in Bel Air. And you got like upset, like something within you fired up for you to yes. be like, I'm doing this. And how powerful that you saw that you made a decision. I'm going to be that. Yeah, Like you had enough belief in yourself that you said, I need to be selling those homes. And yes, why not me?
1: I've always had that attitude. I'll tell you a little tiny story. I was 16 years old. I had a beat up Toyota Corolla and I'm driving down the freeway. I have my mom in the passenger seat driving down the freeway. I'm the fast. I mean, I know exactly where I was at. I was driving on the 10 freeway in between uh, 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 Citrus Boulevard and, uh, on the 10 freeway coming towards East, East LA to drop her off at my aunt's house. And, um, I mean, the roof is falling. I mean, you know, it, it was like, it was two-tone because it was red and black. So my mom, um, <laughs> uh, we're chatting away and she's like, I'm like, mom, you see that car right there. I'm like, one day I'm going to have that car. Right. What was the car? It was the car. It was a beautiful uh, um, white Lexus that kind of looked like an egg. Remember those? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back yep. in the day, <laughs> I was like, "Wow, I love that car. I remember loving that that Lexus." Right. And uh, and my mom looks looks at looks at the car, and she in span, in Spanish she says, mm, "Mija, eso no es para nosotros." Right uh cosas uh, that was in, in in Spanish and English so that's not for us we, we we don't have things like that And I got so mad and infuriated. I love it you know and I remember basically pretty much kind of yelling at her and saying, "Mom, don't you ever... Say that to me. What makes that person driving that car different than me? Nothing. I'm like, you wait. You just one day, chills. I'm going to have that car. And I mean, my mom can tell you, you know, um, that story. And I remember when I was 24 years old, I showed up to her house with my brand new luxury car at the time. Um, oh, and, yes. a, and what was the car? Curious it, to know. It was a five series BMW. Oh yes. Man, it was a pretty big deal. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh, you gave me chills through that story. Um so it's like those been... moments like that decision that you just made. Yeah. You know that fire and you know I've been there in, in it, it shaped you. It shaped you into who you became and who you are today. And um,
1: just makes me so happy. Um, so happy for you. Thank you. I mean, I think we all grow with people around us that try to impose their limitations on us. And that was my upbringing. I'm the oldest of six. I, I raised my siblings as well during this period, I raised them for over seven years. And wow. um, uh, two of them ended up working for me. One of them ended up working for me for um, um, over five years. And um, uh, so I, I always tried to make sure that they knew they were capable of achieving anything that they could. And that I didn't want them to go through the struggle that I, I went through without being with my parents and without my family during since I was 12 years old, you know? So all of that gives you fight. All of that just gives you, I've always known that you deserve better just because of whatever upbringing you have. Um, I always known that I deserve better, that life is meant to be for more, right? So yeah, and that was another moment. And I was like, oh, heck no we're gonna go sell a hundred million dollar homes now. (laughs) And you do. (laughs) And
0: she does, everybody.
1: (laughs) Me, not yet. However, my, uh, and I work for the most amazing firms uh, here in LA that we broke the record of of selling the first $100 million home here in LA. Wow. And and we, we broke another record just last year. Uh, but uh so extraordinary
0: things and uh, you know uh the agency is definitely that brand that is um very unique and very luxurious and very um exclusive you know and so um i just love the journey i love uh seeing you with the best and like you said because you are that, and what is the difference between you and him, or you and her,
1: mm-hmm. and um, just really makes me proud. Thank you. So that's just, that was the beginning of the journey of pursuing uh, my my high-end luxury dream, and, um, and I won't stop until I achieve it.
0: Ah, I love it. Are you guys so empowered and inspired by this? Because I am. And um I just thank you for sharing that. I know that this is going to impact, you know, multiple people out there and uh your hardships and the grind and not only were you a you know 15-year-old girl just needing to survive and at the same time you were also taking on a mother role and all the downs and all the falls and all the you know overworking and um and here it is. And, and I think it's so important for people to know they always see the win, they always see the 20%, uh, but they don't see the 80% of,
1: and the rest of your life of everything you've had to do to get to where you're at today. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a journey, It's a, everything's a process. You know, We can't speed things up. I'm, I'm sure not where I wanna be yet. Uh, however, it's like, I'm not gonna stop until I'm there. I think just, you know, I get a lot of questions like, oh, you know, how'd you uh, make that jump? You just do. That's it. Yeah. You just make a decision and you do it.
0: You know, I and, and I'm going to plug in the question that I wanted to ask you anyway, because it's right with what you're saying. And that is, you know, what is the tool that has helped you overcome those fears um, in, in that inner chatter? Because we all have it. So what has been the one thing that has helped you overcome that
1: well uh for me um has been i'm a very spiritual person and um uh, from for me is it's to me it's all a god thing you know uh to me i ground myself and uh and for anybody else you, you know they have their own beliefs but to me is is i believe in and God in me. And, um, and I believe I'm here for a purpose and I'm here to become the best version of me. And until like, there's, there's always this little bug in me of like, you know, wanting to do more, wanting to learn more, wanting to explore. Um, and, uh, so it's a combination of so many things, you know, from, um, I have a routine. I have my morning routine. I have my night routine. I, you know, I love to go to church and I love to, you know, read and I love to, you know, um, uh, meditate and pray and, uh, you know, just really look within. And, uh, so I think that's, that for me is what fulfills me. Um, that's the only thing that has kept me going through all of my hardships and, through everything that I've gone through, uh, is is really my my spiritual strength and my strength in God. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing
0: that. So, um, I wish we could have more time because I feel like I just want to know more because <laughs> you are absolutely extraordinary. Um, but to finalize our you know our time for today, um, I would love for you to leave. the the audience something which is what would you say the number one thing is that has contributed to your success in life I know that there are many things um, but if you could choose one what would that be
1: Um, I think is just my grit and resilience to not give up and um really just not give up because it's a fight right it's a fight it's a daily fight and mainly that fight is within your own thoughts your own story that we keep on telling ourselves so um it's really just centering myself like i said spiritually uh that's my number one that's my go to that's my shelter Uh, that's where I go and find Gloria when she feels lost Uh, when she doesn't have all the answers I go and I search within and uh, I think that's just what gives me strength to go on to the next thing and the next thing and keep on pushing
0: you're absolutely incredible you have a beautiful heart your strength and compassion and just heart is like so admirable and I'm super blessed to have had the experience like this with you and just thank you for your time and thanks for sharing your story. Thank and, you um, I've been trying to be fighting to
1: hold my tears back. <laughs>
0: oh, you're amazing. Thank you. So everyone, uh, we, you know, again, want to thank Gloria Castellanos for being our incredible guest today and um, you know we we mentioned her nonprofit and um you know if you want to follow her on Instagram too uh her handle is
1: miss <laughs> gloria c and she, find me that's my favorite uh social media
0: yeah, it's mine too. That's
1: why we plug in the, the Instagram.
0: Easiest. Um, that if you want to f- be more inspired and you know just continue following her story, she's absolutely wonderful. So thank you for listening, everyone, and thank you so much, Gloria. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nudia's Mastermind. It's an absolute pleasure of mine to be able to share the space with you. There's something so powerful about brilliant minds coming together to help other people grow and to inspire them to enjoy the zest for life. Please subscribe and also follow me on YouTube and on Instagram. My handle is nudia.p.rivera. Now go and create an amazing life.